there. Welcome back to Literally Heinous. We are doing a solo episode today. Um, so I want to talk about some of the interesting experiences that I've had in the last month. Um, so I'm going to work backwards. So I'm going to start with the new year and with my new year's resolutions. So I was looking Okay, first of all, I'm an avid notes app user. Like, I'm pretty crazy about it. I have, like, for, I've been through, like, so many phones because I'm literally a dumbass, but for whatever reason, by some grace of God, like, all of my notes and my notes app have, like, backed up. So, like, the iCloud, I guess, whatever. Like, thank you, Steve. Um, And I write down, like, everything, every thought that I have, any, like, text that I need to like draft out beforehand I have like all these like random lists I've written down every dream that I've had since 2015 which is like psychotic um but one really good thing I do is I always write down my new year's resolution so um it's pretty cool when I can like see okay also when I do new year's resolutions like I don't really you'll never see me like oh it's may like gotta go do my new year's resolution like you do your new year's resolutions as just like a blanket kind of goal but you always forget about them like I would never be like oh my god it's June like I forgot my resolution was to like after January like it's not a new year babes like it's just a year but I will say (laughs) like I can see consistency of things that are on my resolutions list number one is focus better it's always on there because I always like go on my phone during work or like I just get really distracted like I'm so distracted at work like when I read an email sometimes like I read half of it get confused and literally close the email and forget about it which is so bad and then like a day later someone will like follow up with me or I'll like wake up in the middle of the night and be like oh my god I didn't respond to that email um I'd love to get back on my Vivance so I was on Vivance from like seventh grade until the end of college and uh, I didn't know what I had man like when I was in college like people were buying Adderall left and right and I didn't realize like people were buying like five milligrams of Adderall like three milligrams I was on 40 milligrams of Vyvanse my junior year of college I was psychotic like I was on like a 200 calorie a day diet I would wake up go to class And I would just live off of coffee and vegan coconut bread and come home because I had class and then like 8,000 clubs that I was in and like tours that I was giving. I would come home usually around like 10 p.m. and make like Annie's mac and cheese and then just like black out on the weekends. I was not okay. It was also the skinniest I ever was. Like, of course, I miss being that thin, but I was extremely depressed. Um, and then senior year, I like kind of weaned myself off of Vyvanse and I was like, I don't want to live like this. Like it turned me into a zombie. It was really hard, like doing improv because we would have like improv practice, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So like I would be tweaking on Vyvanse all day, like scrambling to get everything done, like doing my tours, like a mile a minute. And then I'd get to improv and have to like be myself. Like that was really hard. Anyways, all of that being said, I would love to get back on my Vyvanse. <laughs> I just realized like I'm not providing like a good case for me being on it but I really think it would do wonders for me at work so and I've tried like I have tried like I've called doctor's offices like it's because I was prescribed it 450 years ago like every doctor's like you're not the same as you were when you were 12 and I was like well maybe I am 
So maybe I'll find a way to get back on Vyvanse. If not, like totally fine, like whatever. Okay. Also on my New Year's resolutions list is to um, have better toes. I know this is weird, but like I have this dream of being the kind of girl who can have a French manicure on her toes. Like when I see a woman, like it's not a girl, who am I kidding? Like a woman with a French manicure on her toes. And I'm not some like foot creep, like just sometimes I'll glance down at like people's toes and if you have a French manicure on your toes like you must be the most like perfect put together gorgeous like everything in your life goes well like the kinds of women that have French manicures on their toes are the women that lotion their whole body after they shower and they have these luxurious robes and they have like a membership at like Equinox and like they stay at luxurious hotels and like they never pick scabs or pick dead ends on their hair. Like I just, I want to be at a place in my life where I have a French manicure on my toes. That is when I know that I've made it. So I'm really embarrassed of my feet. I hate my feet. Ugh, they make me like gag. So I would love to like get to a point where like my toenails are like really, really pretty. Um, so that is also always on my resolutions list. Um, so this year that's kind of new on my resolutions list is no negative self-talk, which is really hard for me when I like make a mistake or like do something wrong or say something dumb. I literally spiral into like a downward, like just telling myself that I hate myself and that I'm stupid. And I know it's like really bad for you or, but I just like, I physically like, I can't stop. Sometimes it feels like the only thing that helps in those situations is to just like berate myself. So this is my resolution. Every time I start like getting into that headspace, like I'm going to write down a lesson that I've learned for that instance. For example, I was in New York over um, like right in between Christmas and New Year's and my dad, my brother, my boyfriend and I stayed at this stunningly gorgeous hotel in midtown manhattan okay this is not the lesson i was referring to but another lesson is never ever ever stay in midtown manhattan we were at like near rockefeller center honestly it was like pretty god-awful like just it was so crowded everywhere it was not the vibe so we did that for the nights leading up to new year's eve so then new year's eve day my boyfriend jack and i went we got another hotel by the jfk airport because We were staying, we were doing New Year's Eve in New York, not like a ball drop. I'm not a loser, but like at like a party on the Lower East Side. And I booked a flight for us. Like we were flying out January 1st at like 11 a.m. Okay, not ideal, but like doable, you know, like not that bad. Our only other option was flying out at 7 p.m. And another lesson that I have learned is never, ever, ever, if you're on a trip and it's the last day, like, getting the night flight out do not ever gaslight yourself into thinking like oh well I'll have the full day to like explore and like whatever I've done it twice and it sucks every time like I booked the 7 p.m flight you got to check out of your hotel at 11 so now you have your suitcases and you're just like wandering around the city you're tired you're hungover book the morning flight okay so remembering the lesson that I learned the past two times that I've done that I booked the 11 a.m. flight returning on January 1st. American Airlines pushed it back up to 8.30 in the morning. Terrible. I don't know like how hard I tried to like change it. I don't really fuck with any airline that's not Delta. So I was kind of like, whatever. 
So now that we have this new information that our flight is departing at 8.30 in the morning on New Year's Day, Jack and I are like, okay, let's book a hotel by the airport. Because we're going to a party in Brooklyn for New Year's Eve, like, we might as well just book a hotel that's close to the airport so we can like maximize our time sleeping and we'll have a short ride because we've done like the subway to the airport and it can be like an hour and a half sometimes. So Jack books this hotel, asks me like what I think about it. I scan through the reviews and I'm like, sure. And this hotel is called the Airport Plaza JFK. Do not ever stay there. So we booked the hotel. It was like $170 total between the two of us. I was like, fine, whatever. So we get okay so i'm gonna like work backwards through all this so we get to our hotel this is after staying at the loti palace in midtown manhattan aka where they filmed gossip girl the hotel that chuck bass bought like it was that hotel it was the most beautiful hotel i've ever seen so i'm already like in kind of a bad mood because i had to leave that gorgeous hotel and i knew i was going to some like shit ass airport hotel so when i think of shit ass airport hotel i think of like you know, how bad can it really be? Like, it's not a motel. It's still a hotel. It had the name Plaza in it, whatever. So we get there and I just like immediately knew this was not the vibe. Like there were already people like at the front desk, like asking for their rooms to be changed. And I was just like, oh God. So we go to the front desk, give them my information. They have no name for us. No reservation. I show them the email and I'm like, okay, well, I booked it. So they're like, well, we don't have a room for you. And I was like, okay, well, is there anything else you can do? And then the two guys are like whispering to each other. And then he just like hands me a room key. And I was like, okay, like, did you just like pull this out of your ass? So we go up to the room. I open the door. There's someone's bags in there. Someone was in the room, but like there wasn't actually someone in the room, but like someone's bags and there were like bottles on the table. And then something in my head, I was like, why do I feel like this key would work at every door? So I tried it on another door and it worked. So they handed me a master key. So I'm like freaking out. I'm like, they obviously don't have a room for us. They were checking us in with a paper, like a piece of paper on a clipboard. So I'm freaking out and I'm like, well, why would the fuck would they give me a master key? So how many other people are they giving master keys to? So I go back down. I tell them and I was like, honestly, just like forget it. Like, can you refund us? And they were like, no, you have to go through Chase because I booked it through Chase Travel, whatever. So I'm freaking out. We have to be at dinner in like an hour. I look disgusting. Like I need to get ready. We have to take the subway. And then I was berating myself. Like I wanted to throw myself into the Hudson River. Like I was so angry at myself that I didn't like check the reviews more or that I didn't like read more into it that like I let Jack do it no offense to Jack but like I was so mad at myself like I could have screamed like I was like in tears in the lobby like I was like where the fuck are we gonna stay so okay and just to wrap that up Jack ended up booking us a hotel at um like a Marriott that was like a 10 minute walk away and the Marriott was so nice like it was obviously it was no like Loti Palace but like it was so nice like the linens were just like it was just a good hotel and they had like a free shuttle in the morning and the like concierge woman was so nice I told her our whole like troubles and it's just so nice to get sympathy when you're really mad about something so the lesson for that that was like what kind of kicked off like the catalyst of like my um self-talk resolution the lesson for this is if you are to book an airport hotel book with a name that you recognize so like a Marriott embassy suites are usually pretty reliable like a hilton is pretty reliable do not go rogue and book some like independent hotel like book with a name that you recognize like marriott's are good 
I'm an embassy suites girly. As you know, I had my birthday party there. I talked about it in my last episode. Um, but yeah, so that was the lesson for that. Another one that I did um, last week when I was negative self-talking is because, okay, so I get home from the gym and I'm about to cook dinner, but I realized I didn't, or maybe I wasn't at the gym. I don't know, but I was like fucking around doing something and I'm like getting ready to eat and I realized I didn't cook the rice because, okay, this is my beef with rice. Why the fuck does it take so long to cook? Like if I'm cooking a cup of brown rice, there's no reason it needs to take 40 minutes on the stovetop. So I'm like mad at myself because like now I got to wait a whole other like 40 minutes for this like brown rice to cook. Ugh. So my lesson there was like if you're cooking with rice, you need to start cooking before you're hungry. I just don't understand like why rice takes so long to cook. Like there's these tiny little grains. Like why does a whole ass like pasta, like a bowl of like Bowtie pasta, rigatoni, take 10 minutes al dente, but rice is 40. It's just like asinine. Like I just have a lot of problems with rice. So I'm going to work backwards a little bit. So now I'm going to talk about dry December. So if you know me or like, you know, I've talked about this before, but I do dry months every once in a while. So last year, so like 2021, I did dry December and that was my first dry month. And I was, maybe I kind of have this like retroactive, like rose colored glasses about it, but I remember like thoroughly enjoying my time. And like, I remember feeling like really good about myself and like feeling really clean and light and healthy and just really like I was getting myself out there. I was going to all these comedy shows by myself. I was doing all these different things like I wouldn't normally do. And then I did a dry month this past fall um, when I first wanted to launch the podcast. So I worked on my episodes a lot and just really like spent a lot of time by myself, staying in on the weekends. Um, And so then when this, I knew I wanted to do dry December again because I did it last year and December was a good time for me to do it because, um, you know, my family doesn't really drink. It's better for me than January because um, in January, I'm actually going to New Orleans with my roommates, my college roommates, and Lord knows I will not be sober for that. Um, So I decided to do dry December and I went into it with a lot of confidence because like I've done this before, whatever, whatever. And honestly, I had a horrible time. I was extremely sad, like a lot of the times. And I, this is what I've kind of chalked it down to. So I made the mistake of not really planning out my weekends ahead of time. Um, I don't know why I didn't do that. So when I did like my other dry months, like I was really um, strategic about like what I was going to do that weekend, buying tickets to stuff or um, like staying in and working on the podcast. This dry December, I just like raw dogged it. Like I just like I should have planned out my weekends more and I should have like been more strategic about like knowing what I was going to do that weekend because once it was the weekend it was like Friday night I was like this second weekend in a row where we're just like watching movies and eating I'm like okay this is not fun okay this is the other thing I realized that this might be like I don't know I don't know what to make of this but the last two times I did dry month I went into it with a bang so the first like the catalyst of these dry months was like 
weekend on top of weekend of extremely heavy drinking. So by the time I was like doing the dry month, I was like, thank God. So the first dry month that I did, like um, December 2021, I remember like the the last day that I drank before before dry month. Um, it was the Michigan Ohio State game, and I went to Ann Arbor with my friends. And if you, like, went to college in the Midwest, like, you know those, like, football drinking days, like, the kinds of Saturdays, the kinds of game days where you're literally drinking for, like, 14 hours straight. And, like, at the end of the day where, like, you wake up and you're like, oh, my God, I think I drank, like, 2,000 calories in beer. And you just feel, like, 100,000 pounds. It was that kind of feeling like I had the best day that day. Like we had so much fun. It was actually like when Ohio State lost to Michigan for the first time in a long time, but it didn't really bother me. Um, I also remember like we went to Ann Arbor and then after the game, we all drove back to Detroit and it was the first snowfall of the year. And it was we had like this snowball fight outside, like me and my friends. And it was just the most like glorious, like fun. I don't know. It's kind of like one of those core memory things. But anyways, I felt awful the next day. Like I felt disgusting. So I was ready for a dry month. Like it was, it was due time. And then in the fall, when I did a dry month, the day before I went to this like day party, kind of like block party in my neighborhood. And I also drank a lot that day. Um, so it was like kind of nice, like the first few weekends after like a big weekend of heavy drinking, it's always kind of like a really nice reset. Like you're so grateful to not be drinking. Um, so when this December rolled around, like I had a pretty quiet November, like pretty quiet, like latter half of the year. Like it was, um, Thanksgiving, just like doing a lot of family stuff. And I didn't like, I already wasn't really going out or wasn't doing anything in November that, like, by the time December rolled around, I was, like, damn, like, I kind of want to go out. Like, I haven't gone out in a while. Um, so that, like, kind of bummed me out a lot to, like, I was just, like, ready to be social and, like, and it's not to say that I can't, like, go to bars and stuff and, like, not drink. Like, I can and I do that. Like, I have done that before. It just, like, stops being fun after a certain point. Like, I'll go with my friends and, just not drink or get a kombucha but once everybody gets on their like third drink it just it stops being fun being the sober one um so yeah so all of this is to say that like the whole dry month I was just really looking forward to this trip to New York like it was the kind of looking forward to a trip where I was counting down the days like checking the calendar every day like literally thinking like I felt like I was a kid like getting ready for camp like I was thinking like how far away am I like how many days, how many weeks, um, you know, like the weather app on your iPhone, like I would wait to see until like, you know how it shows you like 10 days in advance. I would like wait to see like the days that like my trip was there. I'd be like, oh my God, like I can like get a first glimpse of like what the weather will be. Like I rented clothes for this. I was making reservations like months and months ago. I had our itinerary planned every day for the four days. Like it was the kind of excitement for a trip that I haven't felt in a really long time and it was like I was so excited that I almost was scared that like something was gonna go wrong like something would happen a flight would get canceled like just something I was scared but eventually like I get to New York and I'm like holy shit like I'm here like I made it like oh my god 
And I planned my my dry December so that my last day of dry December would be my first night in New York City. And I was so excited. Um, and we went to this restaurant, St. Theo's in the West Village. And my first drink back on my bullshit was a spicy mezcal drink, which is like my absolute favorite cocktail. Um, and then we went to a comedy show, which was really great. And then the next day, um, we went to, this was not my choice in the itinerary, but whatever. We went to the Syracuse versus Minnesota football game at Yankee Stadium. That was like fun, I guess, whatever. But then that night, we go to a restaurant. And this is where things go awry. But I'm going to just leave you hanging for a second. So we go to this restaurant called Lily's Victorian. And obviously, I picked it because one, it had my name. Two, it was named in this article as like best Christmas bars to visit when you're in New York City. Ugh, red flag is when like you choose a bar to eat at based first of all like it's a bar that serves food red flag second of all don't choose a place just because it has your name in it okay or because of the decorations nobody had recommended this place to me nobody told me to go here and I live off of recommendations um and I picked it because it had my name and because the decorations looked cool anyways we eat the food I have a truffle, cheesy, gnocchi pasta. It was fine. And then we saw this off-Broadway musical called Titanic. And I will spare you the pain of somebody describing a musical that you haven't seen because I know how it feels to be like on the receiving end of someone like describing like something that you've never seen and you're kind of just like, okay, like what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? But I will leave you with this. It was the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like it's a parody of the Titanic. The Titanic is my favorite movie. It's basically a Celine Dion sing sing along. It was so unbelievably good. Like tears in my eyes. It was so funny. So Jack and I, this month alone in December, saw Hamilton, Les Mis, and Titanic. And our fuck, Mary kill was Mary Les Mis and fuck Titanic and kill Hamilton. Like that's how good this musical was. So towards the end of the musical, I feel my dress starting to get tight. And I was wearing like a pretty form-fitting um, maxi dress. And so I kind of like slightly unzip it and one thing about me so I'm a pants unbuttoner like if I'm sitting like if I'm wearing jeans sitting down like even if I'm at work like my pants are unbuttoned 99% of the time so I'm like in the theater it's pretty dark so I like unzip a little bit and then like progressively like as the show like nears the end like I'm unzipping more and more because like the dress is starting to feel so tight and I was just so entranced by the musical because it was so good I just I just really wanted to be comfortable. So by the end of the show, like my zipper is completely undone, like done to my butt crack. And then like the show ends, the audience tears out of their seats, like applauding. And I'm like scrambling because like I'm trying to like applause, but like also like my dress is like the straps are falling off my shoulders. So it was just chaotic. But that was when I knew that something was not going well. So then we go to this bar on the Lower East Side and we meet up with me and Jack's friend, Michael. And then we find out that one of my best friends from high school was playing in a band like two blocks away. So I'm like freaking out. Like I can't handle this excitement. Like when I get like really overexcited, like my favorite people, like all being together and like a fun night ahead of me. Like I, like my blood was like going, like I just, I couldn't handle it. But then my stomach starts churning. 
So we're in this bar on the Lower East Side. There's like one bathroom and it has that kind of one-way mirror where you're on the toilet and you can see like the bar. So it looks like it's transparent. So I'm in that bathroom like freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, is that a window? And then I realized it was just a mirror. It's blacklit. So there's no lights. It's all just like glowing and my stomach turns on me and I will spare you the details. I will let you guys fill in the blanks. So I'm in this bar dying, but I'm like determined to have a good time. I come out and I'm like, everything's fine. I order a beer. I'm like trying to drink, drink away the pain. And then I have to go to the bathroom again. And I'm like, oh shit, like it's okay. Like I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So I come out. I'm like, keep drinking the beer. And I'm like, I'm just going to drink through the pain. So I like keep drinking. I have to go to the bathroom again. This is all literally within like 30, like 20 minutes. And then I'm like, okay, I think something's wrong. Like I'm going to go to CVS and get a Tums. So that's the best part about New York. One of the best parts is like you're never more than 0.2 miles away from CVS. So I go get a C- get a Tums. But at this point, I'm too far gone. Like there's no use in helping me. So Jack and I, we go get Tums. We come back. And one thing about me is I can drink through pretty much anything. Like I was ready to drink. I was ready to party. But my stomach said otherwise. So I'm in and out of the bathroom for like the next hour. And my dad's like, Lily, like seriously go home. And I'm like, I can't, like I won't, like I have to have fun tonight. So then we go to this other bar. And this bar I found out about on Dumois because Kieran Culkin from Succession was there. So I really wanted to go to this bar because I heard he goes there a lot. And I'm dying, like my, like I'm crumpled over, like clutching my stomach So I go to the bathroom there and the whole time I'm just like praying that they have a reliable bathroom. Like I'm really nervous at this point because I know that something is wrong with my stomach and I have to go to the bathroom pretty much every 10 minutes and we're going to this new bar and like I don't know what their bathroom situation is, but they had actually a really reliable bathroom. So I go in, I throw up and I'm like, okay, cool. Like this might be the end of it. Like once you throw up, like I feel like you're kind of like out of the woods. So I come out, I'm like, so much better like whatever and then 10 minutes later I'm back in the bathroom so then we go to the show and I am like limping like I am like that scene in Spongebob where it's like the snail race and Gary is like dying like I'm basically limping to this show and I'm like handing my ID to like the bouncer and I like cannot function my dad's like begging me to go back to the hotel and I'm like I have to see Gus like I'm dead and then I go to the bathroom like two more times there and then I was like holy shit like I gotta go so then Jack and I go back to the hotel take a cab I'm just praying that the cab driver like that it's just all green lights all the way I don't know if like other like if it's a normal thing for like New Yorkers to do maybe it is but like I was kind of obsessed with like how like hitting the green lights and like if we you know like when you're going like a certain miles per hour like you can just like align with the timing of the lights. so I'm like trying to like make sure like we hit all the green lights and try not to throw up so then we get back to the hotel to our hotel room nothing felt better I was like thank god like that gorgeous Chuck Bass hotel I throw my guts up and I'm also I'm sorry if you're like sensitive about this kind of stuff but like I throw up so much like the kind of throw up like I thought I was gonna like throw my uterus up like it was so like from guttural inside me so that basically took up like the whole rest of the night I was like in and out of the bathroom until like 9 a.m sleeping in the bathroom 
it was so incredibly awful and I was just devastated because I just really wanted to go out and have a good time. Um, so that kind of, that compromised like the whole next day, the whole next night too. Didn't do anything, didn't do anything that night. Um, but I woke up on New Year's Eve feeling good, replenished. Um, and then we went to the airport plaza JFK and I told you about that whole debacle. Um, and then everything was fine. Like once we got to that Marriott, like my stomach had recovered. I was able to like smell food without throwing up again. Um, we went to dinner with friends and then we went out to a bar. I was still like really nauseous to smells like the smell of tequila at the bar. I was like kind of gagging, but we went to this really cool bar called make believe. And then we went to a party in Brooklyn. Um, and that was it. And like it, the trip like ended up really well. Um, it ended up really good, but what I like am cautiousing, cautioning, cautiousing. I don't, I don't know if that's a word. Um, what I'm warning myself about next time is to be cautious about like glamorizing your trips or like looking too forward to something. And maybe, I don't know if that's like a negative outlook or not, but I think like in my head, like I did dry December. That was like kind of hard for me. And I was just really excited for this trip. And I had all these things I wanted to do and bars I wanted to go to and people I wanted to see and like places to check out. And like, I really wanted to have like cool stories for the podcast and like, fun you know how New York is like things just like happen like I really wanted like something like fun cool and like some cool stories and the only story I got was about my food poisoning but that's okay um so yeah okay so our pop culture element for today I'm gonna talk about Selena Gomez so Selena's like she's kind of always in the news she's really just like a staple in pop culture and I have never like been okay actually I was a diehard fan of hers when I was in eighth grade I like went to her concert and everything and I loved her because like she just embodied like self-confidence and like she was like just the Disney like the good girl out of like Miley and Demi like she was always the one that was like your best bet on being a good role model so that's why I really liked her um and then ever I don't know my relationship with her has just been kind of like I don't really care for her that much. Like, I think she's fine. Um, But I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, her recent news. This is old news, by the way. And this is, like, three months old, like, about her kidney stuff. But I'm going to talk about it anyways because, like, it took me some time to gather my thoughts. So I think it's really coming to a head that Selena is a messy person. And I'm not saying she's a bad person. I'm not saying, like, she's petty or, like, she's dramatic. Like, I mean, I think she is kind of petty and dramatic, but I think she's like a very messy, chaotic person. So it's widely known in like the gossip sites that I follow that her publicity team and PR team is like the best in the business. Like the way that they are able to hide every single thing that she does, like sweep it under a rug and for years maintain this image of like philanthropy and self-confidence and like just really being like internationally beloved is like pretty impressive. So when she was dating Justin, so they were on and off again for like, I don't even know, like 10 years, like a really long time. They both were addicted to drugs. Like Selena very much had a drug problem, like just as much as Justin did. They were super messy, really chaotic. Like he was abusive to her. Some even say she was abusive to him. 
their like relationship gets really dark really quickly if you want to like read into some of that yourself um but she was able to kind of come out of it as like having the upper hand and like the issue with like all of like the selena justin and Haley bieber of it all is that like there's no way to get like fully like real information because the fans on like all of the different sides are absolutely insane like nobody knows exactly like what is true the general consensus is that in march 2018 when justin and selena broke up for the last time he wanted to propose to her and he wanted to get married and she said no she was trying to like clean herself up and like she was really just trying to like get clean so three months later he proposes to Haley bieber in june so Haley bieber was 21 at the time which seems so young but at the time like i thought she was so old um so they get engaged and it's that didn't like come out of nowhere like justin and Haley have also been off and on like in the periods when like selena and him were off and on like they were church buddies like they would go to church a lot together and like like since 2014 so it wasn't completely random and i think a lot of people say they got engaged so fast because they wanted to have sex because like Haley's like christian or whatever which is cool i guess um but also i think i like heard somewhere that justin just kind of wanted to like be settled down and like he just wanted to be married like just to be married and like if he wasn't gonna like have like a full commitment like he didn't want it which is fine so now they've been together for a really long time and they've been together I mean so for like at least four years now and I think a lot of people are surprised that they just seem like really good and I know like this time last year there were a lot of like edits circulating of like random clips of like him being mean to her yelling at her closing the car door on her um and all these things are like taken out of context so like nobody really knows what is true but the Jelena fans so like the people that have not let up on Justin Bieber and Selena and there's so many of them it's actually like insane I'm convinced that like some of the Jelena people like were you even alive for like when they dated like were you like were you even a sentient being like I remember when they dated but like you don't see me crying about it like it's crazy like how insane people are so like those Jelena people they make those edits of like Justin being mean to Haley saying all these nasty things like Justin wants to be with Selena like she doesn't belong here and anytime Haley Bieber like goes live on Instagram or anything like the Jelena fans like swarm in to comment and it is actually insane and I think it's made a lot of people like have respect for Haley for just like how high she's held her head and like that's a really hard thing to do she's spoken out about it recently in the last few months um I know she like posted a video or TikTok and she's like please leave me alone that was like heart-wrenching I guess um, and then she went on Call Her Daddy, which was so boring. Do not even listen to it. She didn't even mention Selena by name. She just kept saying, like, his ex, his ex. And it's so, like, stupid. Like, come on. We all know who you're talking about. But just the anguish that it causes her. When she was at the Met Gala this past year with Justin Bieber, people were chanting Jelena at her while she was taking her pictures, which is just so upsetting and it is so crazy that people actively go out of their way to like chant these things at a couple that has been married for four years like I can't even wrap my head around it 
Um, but then Selena and Haley took that iconic picture um, in the fall of this past year. I don't remember what the event was, some like arts event in LA, but Selena and Haley took a picture together and it literally like broke the internet. Like this is like the Treaty of Versailles for me. Like it was just so jarring to see. And I think that like this is part, bring it back to Selena, like this is part where it comes back where like Selena is just like, She's kind of in her messy era right now. So I don't know what happened, but she's like taken back her social media account. Like it's been very obvious for the last few years that like her social media account was either not run by her or was extremely heavily managed. And in the last few months, like since her documentaries come out, like there's been a notice change, like a noticeable change in her like decorum and just like her commenting. Like she's been really active on TikTok and I know I keep saying this, but just like a little bit messy. Um, so her documentary, I watched it. It was not good. I didn't like it. It made her look bad. Like it just made her look so whiny. And I'm so tired of like celebrity documentaries where they just like sit and like mope about how they can't handle the fame and they can't handle the anxiety. Because for me, I'm always like, I just feel like you can take a break. Like at a certain point, like you have enough money and like you have enough contracts, like, okay, maybe let like your current contracts like run them up, but just like don't sign any more new ones. Like, I don't know. So this brings us back to the kidney thing. So Selena Gomez a few years ago had a kidney transplant because of her lupus disease. So her friend Francia Reza, they've been friends since 2007, donated her kidney to Selena. So this happened a few years ago. Everything was, it was like all these headlines. They had this amazing picture, whatever, whatever. There's some rumors circulating um, afterwards that they had this falling out. I think they were kind of on again, off again friends. I read that um, Francia was mad that Selena was like continuing to drink and party and go out after the kidney transplant when like, once you get an organ transplant, like you can't really be like, engaging in those kinds of activities so I think there was some issues there where like Francia was saying like why are you doing this like I literally like risked my life to give you this kidney and now you're like acting a fool um also there were some murmurings that like Selena wasn't adequately grateful enough for the kidney so that's um what I heard from Francia's side on some of the gossip accounts and it kind of like begs the question of like how grateful like do you have to be kind of thing so like if you're donating an organ like there's you have to have a reasonable expectation that like the person you're donating to isn't gonna like wake up and like send you flowers every day and like mow your lawn and like I don't know I just I feel like you can be eternally grateful but ultimately like giving an organ is like an extremely selfless act that like you have to be so selfless that like you can't like there's nothing that person can do to like repay you so like what are you looking for kind of thing um but I can also see a situation where this girl Francia she I've heard really good things about her like she seems really nice obviously she donated kidney there is a reasonable expectation that you I don't know post for her birthday I'm just like making that up but like that Selena be a good friend and respond to her and maybe she like wasn't even doing that like maybe selena was ignoring her but like there's no way of knowing what was going on so after the documentary selena does this interview and she like the pull quote from the interview was that like taylor swift is my only true friend in the industry um 
and that got a ton of buzz because like if Taylor Swift's name is attached to it, like it's going to make headlines. And Francia commented on a post that published that quote and just commented, interesting. And Selena responded to a TikTok about the situation with Francia's comments. And Selena wrote, well, I'm not going to mention everyone that I know, which just made the situation so much worse because it was such a sassy remark. Like, okay, but like you'd at least mention the person that like donated kidney. But I also like, I do understand the quote like when she's saying Taylor Swift's my only friend in the industry I think she meant like the like A-list pop singer club industry like Francia is I mean she's kind of like a C-list actress like she's just a smaller time actress she's in like the How I Met Your Mother reboot um, with Hilary Duff Um, so I think that's what Selena meant but commenting that just made it like so much worse and it's just so messy um so selena she's been like commenting she commented on miley cyrus's picture like damn under her like new album promotion which is just kind of funny and like i don't know it's just like watching selena like thirst over miley like she's just like she's taken back control of her social media um but i will post some of her old um instagram pictures and they are so funny because she's just so obviously a party girl and all of this has just been completely erased um but that's it for selena like just a quick update on her i don't really have any skin in the game i actually really like Haley bieber a lot like i think she seems like a really nice girl and i would like to be her friend um but selena is fine too i think she just is like such a pop star that she's just like so in her own head and just like is the kind of person that just has like every need like catered towards her like i just think she has a warped system like a warped view of reality um so i don't know that's that so thank you for indulging me on talking about celebrity gossip that's literally three months old i just i don't know i wanted to talk about it um but next week we'll have a little bit more timely news and we have some good interviews lined up so thank you so much for listening